Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Good to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. Wow, a lot to cover this week. It seems like I say that every week, right? They're just It's just an active area of society, life, policy that we cover on this show. You know, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom, and particularly as they relate to the state of Texas. Now, we'll talk about sometimes things that are happening outside of our state, but a lot of times it's because Texas is having an impact on them or somehow they're trying to have an impact on us. Um, really, there's not a whole lot going on in the world that Texas doesn't have something to do with. Uh, to state it bluntly. But, you know, we talk about these issues as it relates to the courts, the legislature, and the media. And this was a very important week for the legislature. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, the legislative session ended. There was a lot of unfinished business that we certainly were concerned about and other people as well. And there was a lot of talk about whether Greg Abbott was going to call a special session. There was word that he was going to try to do it last week. He didn't. And then there was a lot of pressure building. And all of a sudden, we had this press conference scheduled by the governor on Tuesday, and everyone thought, okay, this has got to be a press conference about the decision of whether or not to call a special session. But before we get into some of those details, and if you haven't heard, a special session has been called. And it has, in, in that call, in that request, it has included a number of items, uh, per, but particularly the issues of privacy in our intimate facilities, pro-life issues, tax issues, election. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And someone who's going to help us with this discussion, who is a central part of how we got to this point, if you will, is our first guest today. And our first guest is Joanne Fleming. Joanne has been a leader in the Constitutional Conservative Amendment for over 23 years. She's currently the executive director of Grassroots America, We the People. She resides out in East Texas. And, you know, she has uh, three times been chair uh, or three terms. She's been chair of the Texas legislature's Tea Party Caucus Advisory Committee and done a whole lot of things to really support folks like our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the Tea Party movement, grassroots movement. And I have had the pleasure of getting to speak to her group um, about five or six months ago. And so, Joanne, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Oh, thank you for having me today, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Well, you know, you have been involved in these issues for a long time, and not too long ago, Senator Cruz appointed you to be his Tea Party chair when he ran for president. So a lot of your work, even though it centers on the life, liberty, um, election issues, integrity, grassroots, I mean, you've been impacting things not just at the state level, but also impacting things nationally. You're no stranger to the role that Texas is commonly in. And that's trying to have an impact and trying to set an example, not only for our people, but the rest of the country. And so when the legislature did not finish some of their business, if you will, a couple of weeks ago, and you stood up along with a lot of other people and put together a fantastic letter letting the governor know that you and other like-minded folks felt like there should still be things that should should get done in a special session. Tell us a little bit about that letter, some of the issues that were covered, and where that brings us to now. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Well, you know, I just firmly believe that a coalition of like-minded people 
that are centered around some of the, the big issues of our day is far more effective than every group operating on its own. And so this session, we've made a concerted effort to bring together the constitutional conservative groups, uh, some of the statewide organizations, such as your own, um, some of the uh, Republican executive committee members, anybody that would be like-minded around some of these key central issues, we've tried to unite them around those issues, and we've used the uh, the coalition letters quite a bit this session, not only in letters to the governor and lieutenant governor on the special session, but on, um, you know, committee testimony and those sorts of things. So I will tell you that it was an overwhelming response from across the state that people wanted the Privacy Act passed. They wanted property tax reform. They wanted... Um, us to get some election integrity and ballot security issues passed. So it was, it was, it's great to see conservatives unite around these issues. But number one on our, on our list was the Privacy Act because we simply cannot have the radical left and the big business lobby uniting together against, um, our First Amendment rights to speak out on, on uh, issues of faith, and particularly on this issue of uh, privacy. Well, I think you're right on the mark there. We're talking with Joanne Fleming, the executive director of Grassroots, Grassroots America, We the People. She hails from East Texas, but certainly has a reach beyond the state, but certainly a lot of the heart of her work and her relationships and impact are in the Tea Party movement and the conservative movement, grassroots issues, but certainly for the great state of Texas. I'm looking at this letter, Joanne, that you put together, and and I'm just taking a minute to reflect because the last two weeks have been going at a really quick speed, and I'm just marveling. I mean, we're looking at five pages of leaders, of names, of groups, of organizations that just go on and on and on and on, uniting together, asking for a special session. Would you give our listeners your website URL real quick so they can go take a look at that letter? Oh, absolutely. Uh, It is the uh, acronym for Grassroots America, We the People. It's G A. WPP.com, and we would like for people to sign up there. You don't have to be a member. It won't cost you a thing, but to sign up to get our alerts uh, because we will be doing those throughout this special session, and uh, we will have more coalition efforts. Um, In fact, we're going to ramp this up, and and we've decided that we're going to start having quarterly meetings, summit meetings, uh, of the coalition and, you know, Jonathan, the beautiful thing about this is that we're telling people we don't have to agree on 100% of the issues in order to work together on the issues that are important to us. And so that's how we hope to persuade people who are not necessarily on the same page with us on some of the social issues, Jonathan. But, you know, if we start having conversations with people, I just know that we are going to be able to persuade them to see the great cultural issues of our day the way we do. No, I think you're absolutely right. We're talking with Joanne Fleming, Executive Director of Grassroots America, We the People, hailing from the great state of Texas. And so we'll look at this letter for for uh, just a minute here, too, that was sent to Governor Greg Abbott. And uh, I think I'm okay to say this. 
It was actually put in his hands by someone. It's always nice to know that that direct contact was made. This was sent on May 30th. And just to bring our listeners up to date, the governor has called a special session. So what was asked for in this letter was property tax reform, as you mentioned, to address the privacy issue. Because we see more and more school districts and local entities that are bowing, bending, whatever. They're compromising on the privacy issue, and they're allowing boys and men to go into girls' bathrooms. And that's already been a problem in Dripping Springs, Coppell, Fort Worth school districts. Um, So we also see uh, on the letter a concern about and, and a focus on the initial letter that was sent where we went into a little bit more detail where we talked about uh, election integrity. And so just a number of issues. The governor's asking for 20 different items to be covered. Now, he says sunset has to get done by the Senate first as a way, I guess, to, to send a message that if that doesn't get done, nothing else will get done. But nonetheless, 20 items. I, I will admit I was a little surprised, even though I was encouraged by a lot that was on that list, I was, you know, I thought maybe three or four or five. And um, I think a lot of people are like, wow, but hey, let's get to work. Well, you're exactly right, um, Jonathan. And, and we're, the coalition is going to be very active leading up to the special session and throughout the special session to urge our, um, our leaders, particularly in the House. You know, we're not worried about what's going to happen in the Senate. We trust Lieutenant Governor. Dan Patrick, he's already demonstrated his allegiance to getting the Privacy Act uh, passed. He's, he's led uh, from the very beginning on this issue, and I think has done a very good job of articulating what it's about and what it's not about. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that uh, we're going to do some things to support the Freedom Caucus over in the House, and we're going to work one-on-one. In fact, we're drilling down to the to the district level, we're, we're in conversations right now with leaders across the state to drill down to the to the House district level to have people contacting any, any of the House members that appear to be, um, shall I use the word, squishy on this <laughs> issue that, that somehow could not find the backbone to get on the same page with us over the Privacy Act. Uh, we're making a renewed effort, and we're just saying simply, look, if you have a bad record coming out of the regular session on the Privacy Act, here's an opportunity for you to redeem yourself. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they know as well as we do that the 2018 uh, primaries are coming up, and you really don't even have to say that. Uh, you know, you can just with good humor say, look, you know, we realize you made a mistake during the regular session, but here's our do-over. Here's an opportunity for a do-over, and, and we want to support you in that. Well, so, there is, uh, yeah, no, so there's we, a there's an opportunity there. No, I'm sorry, I cut yes. you off. Go ahead. Yes, no, yes, no, no. So, so we are, you know, making an effort to do that. And, and I will tell you, uh, the the big spotlight is going to be on the House leadership. I mean, is the House leadership going to continue um, to, to uh, err on the side of? Um, Shall I just go ahead and say it? Uh, secularists um, who believe that um, you know that that the uh, the right way to go about the culture is to tell people uh, of faith, you know, you just need to shut up about these issues because uh, you know decency and privacy doesn't matter to us. What matters to us more uh, are our um, our profits. Uh, our business concerns, but you know, Jonathan, one of the things I've been talking. 
is that, you know, some organizations like the Texas Association of Business, they don't represent all businesses across the state of Texas. I know I've had a number of calls, and I know you, you've had some business owners that have stood on the side of the, of the Privacy Act and have united with us That's on right. this. Yeah, we have, I think we have many of them important. testify. Yes, it's, it's very important to keep emphasizing the fact that the Texas Association of Business, you know, just because it's decided to align itself with the radical left doesn't mean they represent all business in Texas. Yeah, they, it's a it's a media association that I think a lot of times they just lean on and it's convenient, but it certainly is not re- representative of, of what the majority of business owners feel like. Joanne, this has been great insight. So for our listeners, July 18th, the special session starts. It can go at least 30 days or it can go no longer than 30 days. It could be shorter if they get everything done. We'll see about that. But it um, it can go up to 30 days, starts July 18th. You can go to Joanne's website, GAWTP.com, and see more information about the role that they're playing, a very significant role. And right before I let you go, we just have another minute. Joanne, I like to get a little up close and personal sometimes with my guests, even though it's a lot about the business of the work we do. But I was noticing on your bio that you were born in Colleen, and you know about the issue we worked on in Colleen last Christmas with that Charlie Brown Christmas poster issue. And I like the end of your your bio where you say, when she had leisure time, Joanne enjoyed fishing in the past tense, long, long ago. So I enjoy the work that you do. I'm happy for it. But uh, I certainly appreciate your desire that uh, in the past or maybe sometime in the future that you might be, enjoy some fishing. Well, I'd certainly like to do that. But you know what, Jonathan, the, the issues of our day just call us to the front lines yep. uh, to fight for Religious liberty and, and the Privacy Act and, and pro life issues and, and all, you know, the family oriented issues. And so it, it's a blessing and a pleasure to serve. And I certainly enjoy serving with you, Jonathan, and Texas Values. Well, I feel the same way. Joanne Fleming, Executive Director of Grassroots America, We the People, has been our guest today. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, that's good stuff. Joanne's always got. Fascinating information, great perspective and focus, and a servant's heart. You know, she understands the value of the work she's doing. And while I like to have some fun and talk about people's personal interests and things that we like to do in leisure, the reason we do this work is because we understand what's at stake. And so uh, our next guest is someone who certainly understands what's at stake, particularly for the younger generation. So many of y'all have heard on the show before. Our policy analyst, Nicole Hudgens, she spent this first session primarily focused on work at the Capitol for the first time. And so we're going to talk to Nicole a little bit about her experience with that. Now we've got a special and to see what's expected. Nicole, welcome back again to the Texas Values Report. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. You bet. All right. So you and I were often shoulder to shoulder, What you know, sometimes in very uncomfortable chairs in the, the House or Senate gallery. But you spent every day of the legislative session over at the Texas Capitol. Give us a little bit of, of some detail and of your insight and experience, and then take us into what you think is going to happen in the special session. Well, thanks, Jonathan. I think I think what's important for, for your listeners to know, and I'm sure you've, you've told them, but if you've got new listeners, you know, the Texas legislature only meets once every two years. So every other year they'll meet. You know, being from D.C., 
session would go all year long. You know, they might take August recess, but they'll be in session for a couple weeks, be off for a week, be in session for a couple weeks. Here in Texas, it is, I think you said at the beginning of the session, it's like running a sprinted marathon for 140 days. And so, like you said, we were at the Capitol every day working on issues for faith, family, and freedom. And uh, it was was really exciting. Um, Sometimes it was hard because some of those Committee hearings can go, I think I think our record was probably the SB6 hearing that went from 8 in the morning to about 7 a.m. the next morning. So almost 24 hours of committee hearings. Um, but I think what's exciting is that there have been some major advancements on life and religious freedom issues. Um, you know, we saw what happened with SB8. That was a, a bill that had an amendment added onto it by Representative Click. Uh, Senator Perry had had the the companion in the Senate, and that bill would stop dismemberment abortions in the state of Texas. So we're looking at legislation that actually saves lives of the unborn. And you know, I was a preemie. I was so thankful to have you know NICU teams that were on the ground ready to save my life, but. We, need, as the Save Texas, need to be asking, what are we doing to protect the unborn? And so I'm so excited to see that uh, SB8 was passed. So not only did it stop dismemberment abortions in the state of Texas, but it also ensured that baby body parts aren't going to be sold. Like we saw, you know, it wasn't long ago that the David Delighton videos came out where I think it was a total of three, two or three out of the 12, 13 videos were Texas clinics that were highlighted because they were caught selling baby body parts. And that's not something that Texas should be proud of. And so I'm thankful to see that our legislature has addressed this issue saying we're not going to be selling baby body parts in our state. It also gave the state um, the ability to enforce stopping partial birth abortions. So really just, you know, that right there Protecting life is is something that is so important, not only to our organization, but more importantly to the heart of God. If we can protect life, then then we're we're recognizing the dignity of of the children of God. People, we've been created in the image of God, and so um, I'm so thankful to see that that bill passed. We saw Planned Parenthood funding cut, but we also saw some you know strong religious freedom bills uh, and amendments that were passed. You know, religious freedom protection religious freedom uh, protections for, for nurses, for pharmacists. We're, um, we're also uh, excited that there's going to be some more religious freedom advancements coming, so I just encourage your listeners to stay tuned, to go to our website, watch our Facebook page, you know, follow us on Twitter, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, Jonathan, there were some really hard days, and some of those hard days included having to stop bills, some really bad bills. Um, well, before you get into that, let me let our listeners know we're talking with Nicole Hudgens, policy analyst for Texas Values, worked her first session. Now, she worked with us last session, but did not was not in the policy analyst role and was not at the Capitol every day and like she was this past session. So Nicole's about to finish up her master's degree in public policy. You heard her reference D.C. She worked for a congressman from Louisiana. She's not from the D.C. effort. Not that that'd be a bad thing, but, you know, she <laughs> she is a Texas girl. Um, and so, Nicole, you talked about some of the things that were passed, and you're about to get into some of the things that we helped stop or that you were part of stopping. 
or that uh, that died as we or were killed, as some of the words are used over at the Capitol, they're not always, you know, the um, the the fluffiest words or whatever, the kindest words. It, it you know, it's just black and white over there, if you will. It's just kind of straight to the point on some of these things. But there was uh, there was some bills that we were very concerned about. You know, as much as the media and and some of the folks on the hard left or however you want to uh, characterize or or call them. We're saying, oh, you shouldn't be trying to pass these laws on privacy. They kept calling it. You're trying to pass the bathroom bill, whatever, you know, and it does relate to bathrooms. I mean, it applies to that. There's no question. I mean, that's it's about privacy in the bathrooms, but it also relates to showers and locker rooms. They said, y'all shouldn't be spending so much time on this issue. And a lot of times our response was, we agree. Just it takes about two or three days to pass these things. Let's let's move on. I mean, what? <laughs> and so, but it really was the folks that opposed it that wanted to spend a lot of time. The media wrote about it almost every single day. But the re- Democrats also filed bills on these issues, and they didn't want to talk about them. We did. The media didn't want to talk about them. Their laws, their proposed bills, would have put people in a position where you could have gone to jail for one of those bills. A $4,000 fine and up to a year in jail if you made a decision about housing on your private property that stood for the male and female definition and dynamic. And there was one scenario where you were testifying at a committee hearing and they they commented about the fact that I had testified against similar legislation the week before and how your approach was a little bit nicer, right? What was that Jason Vialba who then went along and voted for the bill, but uh, that was an interesting exchange, right? It, it was. It was It was very interesting. And even going back, Jonathan, to the, the privacy issue, I mean, you know, we haven't started, we didn't start working on that issue when the legislative session started. We've started working on this issue long before that, when we were on the ground in Fort Worth, we were on the ground in Houston, we were, you know, we've been on the ground in Dripping Springs. Um, so, you know, we knew how urgent it was that the legislature address this issue. And like you said, you know, a bill can pass in a few days. It um, it can be done. But yes, it was it was frustrating, you know, sitting in some of those committee hearings and going, you know, sitting there explaining to them why this bill would be harmful, not just for religious freedom, but it'd be bad for businesses or it'd be bad for individuals. It, it would cost, um, it would cause business owners to, you know, to have to pay for uh, same-sex benefits or, or sex change surgeries and, and something that would violate their conscience, but then have, you know, Republicans who should be with us on these issues uh, oppose us. So it, it was, there were some frustrating moments, or even bills like HB 1373 by Representative Sarah Davis that took away parental rights. You know, she's she falls under the name Republican, but, you know, taking parental rights by allowing minors to get access to any FDA-approved birth control without parental consent, you know, if they'd had a child, that's not con- a conservative piece of legislation. Well, that's and taking let, away parental rights. Let's play this out for our listeners, Nicole, on how these things could work. And not how. They have in certain scenarios. That's why we have a concern. So your daughter is... And this way, the, these, this law would have worked. A, a girl, teenage girl, is pregnant, has a child, still lives at home, is 13, 14. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine them being that young and, and being pregnant for the second time and having a child. It, it does happen sometimes, but that's what they're targeting, right? So you could be 14, 15, 16, still live at home, 
have your own child, if you will, and they get pregnant again, and their view is, well, this young lady, this girl, this child already gave birth to a child, so they're by default, if you will, are an adult. Now, I understand the argument they're making, but that's not exactly how it turns out, nor should we make that jump. You could, I mean, we would argue, right, that maybe the parents need to be more involved if she's in this situation that doesn't appear to be ideal and you don't want her to end up in that situation again. So the way this law would work is the parents wouldn't know about it. So let's say that the girl gets one of these prescription drugs because it is drug-based contraception, a lot of these methods from the FDA, something goes wrong. The girl has bleeding. Who knows? I mean, there are certain side effects that happen. Parents have no idea what to be looking for. They have no idea that their child is taking medication and no idea to be on the lookout for potential side effects and something goes wrong and the parents find out it's too late. Those scenarios have happened. That's what we want to avoid. And that's why I think this legislation was a bad idea. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we talked about when when I testified in front of the State Affairs Committee, talked about just two examples, two examples of birth control that had led to deaths and major harms to the girls that took that took those forms of birth control. I, you know, and I mentioned, the you know, if you look at the list of FDA-approved contraceptive methods, the first thing on there is sterilization. You know, that's not something <laughs> we want to be promoting as policy. But even, you know, if you go into the you know, as you were saying, the, the different forms of birth control, there are some major risks. There are girls that have died because of this. And, you know, regardless of where you are on whether or not it's okay to take contraceptives, it's not a good idea to put these minors in these situations that could cause risk, harm, or even death, and no one knows about it. Yeah, I mean, they can't, the the, the parents would are shut out by, the, by this type of legislation. We're about out of time. Nicole, you did a great job this session. We're thankful for your heart. And, and it's funny, too, because a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, you know, why are all these men speaking about this issue? Suggesting that if a woman spoke about him, that ah, oh, all of a sudden the seas would part and everybody would just see it differently. You did a good job of putting them in a position where it made them made it hard for them to make that argument on some of these issues. Yet you showed that women feel the same way on a lot of these issues too, and it's about principle. It's not about who's carrying the message, but I was glad that you were carrying the message. Nicole, thanks for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. And we're about out of time. Go to txvalues.org. There's still time to support us. We're almost at the end of our fiscal year. June 30th is the end of our fiscal year. It's like December for us. we got to have our balance, our books balanced. We've got to cover our expenses. We're still trying to do that. We're $125,000 away. TXValues.org is the website. You can donate today. See you next week.